Welcome to Meandering Through the Madness, Gratitude is Everything, Part 2. This is the second part of last week's recording about gratitude. Uh, we're going to go over a lot of the benefits of gratitude and why it's so important to our, to our healthy mental and emotional lives. But I just want to say before we get started, I am really grateful for our listeners and I'm grateful for this technology that we're using, which is uh, so helpful and easy to use. I'm grateful for our internet access. I'm especially grateful for my family, and I'm so thankful for my daughter whose birthday is this week. And as well, I'm very grateful for my podcasting and writing partner, Kyla Dagenes. Thank you so much for everything you brought to my life. children gratitude for healthy children or non-chronic illness i've been chronically ill and to feel good like to, for the body to feel healthy and strong and it's like grateful for every minute of it because something could happen tomorrow and you know i'd still have to find gratitude no matter what happens i have to find it <laughs> well let's let's just look at some of the things in, in this book that i found and i'm thinking i might have to buy this book yeah who's got it divided into the benefits of gratitude he's got emotional personality health career and social and they all point to the middle for happiness and he's saying let's start with emotional more good feeling more relaxed more resilient less envious and happier memories hmm. so let's just pick on happier memories for a second because if you have happier <laughs> memories the rest of your life is happier right well you and like, i recently had that conversation of how memories we can change them yeah. But if you start out with a good memory because you remember to be grateful for something and that proved and that started the memory, that was the core of the memory, Change. then you have then you have that in, in your bank. Yeah. It's in your bank. Like if, if you can remember to be grateful for, like you said, the health of your children. And then because of that, you're more present when your kids are at home. Absolutely. That's gonna make a big difference to you as life goes on. I know that for sure because my kids have all have moved out in the last couple of years and <laughs> you know, we're relying on memories now. Mm -hmm. And I guess we kind of talked about the social aspect now because he's saying kinder, more friendships, deeper relationships. He says healthier marriage in here too. Well, yeah. Cause when you're genuinely, it's so easy to overlook a spouse that's trying. Yeah. In the shroud of expectation and, I mean, I've learned this lesson hard a couple of times. I've been divorced twice. And yeah, it'll deteriorate. A space of luck in a relationship will deteriorate it faster than anything. Not that you should be staying in a relationship and being grateful for like shards of love. Yeah. But, but yeah. Even in divorce, I had to find gratitude for my ex. I couldn't carry, I couldn't carry the unpleasant emotions. Gratitude had to come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the unpleasant emotions were from whatever story I was telling myself, which was a story of lack and deprivation. Yeah, I guess it always comes back to uh, personal responsibility for some of this stuff, right? Absolutely. Because if I can take responsibility for my, that's the only thing I can fix is my own patterns. Or adjust, fix is a terrible word. Adjust. 
or move beyond or change because I brought a lot of my own I brought a lot of lack into those relationships. So like, it's kind of muddy and pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, even in a friendship, like you said, if you were being all needy and the person couldn't provide the energy that you were requiring them to provide, is it is it on them to provide it? Yeah, everyone has the free will of uh, choosing. If they, if they decide to use it anyway, they have the free will to choose what relationships they stay in. Yes. And in general, if it's not meeting any of your needs, you're not going to stay in it. And some of your needs might be very counterproductive. Yeah. So you might need somebody to make you feel bad. That's a lot of people are in that position. That need someone to feel bad so they can start feeling better about themselves to use it as a catalyst for personal growth. Is that where you're headed? Well, Well, not necessarily. They might just be stuck needing to feel bad. Oh, yeah. And so they're not going to be in a relationship that makes them feel good because they need to feel bad because of what they're telling themselves. Yeah. It all comes back to them. And then, I mean, they might make the other person out to be a monster, but you, you align with what you're seeking or someone to take away. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are you, what beliefs are you holding about relationships? They always end in failure. You know, I've been looking a lot at this lately. Well, and there's, there's the idea commonly that, Women are after the bad boy, right? That's a pretty common idea. But what's not known as well is that men are after the bad girl. Some men are after the bad girl, right? The one that's going to be mean to them. It, it's both ways. But those people that are, you know, and then and then you'll get another guy that'll, that'll be uh, say, well, there's no hope in attracting those particular women because they're not interested in nice guys. Well, it, that's not that's not at all what's going on. You don't, you can't pick the person that's going to, you know, fall in love with you. You don't, you don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was at an event once and I was all dressed up and there was this man beside me. So I started chatting him up and all he did was look at me and he said, girls like you that look like you don't talk to guys like me. And he Mm. walked away. Really? That's pretty limiting. (laughs) It was. I felt like, I was like, uh, uh, uh. I take that as a pretty big compliment. Well, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Like, I'm like anybody else. I wake up in the morning, I see Smeagol, you know, like, <laughs> I'm no different. I I was feeling pretty cute, but I still don't think that, you know, I'm the juiciest peach in the room. And that poor guy, I don't know. He, he did not think that girls that look like me talk to boys that look like him. And we could have been good friends, you know. I didn't care. I'm half blind. You said that to a half blind girl, Tim. <laughs> I guess the biggest problem is that people put put uh, an idea of what the relationship could be on it before it even gets a chance. Like when you first meet somebody, you don't know whether, you know, whether you're going to have anything in common with them or, okay. or anything. You want to kill gratitude, throw some expectations on it. That's right. Because <laughs> then you can't appreciate what comes or what's being given. Yeah, you have to be grateful for whatever it is that, that comes your way. So if you talk to 50 people and only three of them are ever interested in talking to you again, oh, but yeah. what did you get from those other 47 people? Yeah. There would have been something there, even if you never meet them again. Okay. There's so many people I've met in my life that have like changed my life in a brief moment that I'll never see again or don't know their last names or, you know, 
yeah, like you said, expectations are a problem. I think now we've come to another thing. So expectations kill gratitude. Oh, yeah. Even in yoga. Oh, the, the horrible expectations of yoga. Yes, that your head's <laughs> going to touch your knee, you know? Well, I've, I've realized that my body just won't do some of the things that I could expect it to do, like looking at the pictures and the videos. <laughs> Not right now, anyway. That's right. And there's no point in worrying about when it's going to do it. I've, you know, like I was thinking about that this morning while I was doing the yoga routine because I was watching a video while I was doing it. And she does a couple moves where she uh, wraps her arms right around her body and clasps her hand underneath her leg behind her back. Comes puts her leg bind. up like some yeah. sort of a crane thing or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> there is no hope that I'm doing that. Not even a little bit. I'm just going to do this instead while I watch her do this. Because <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But if Most I expected myself that, to do that, boy. Click it off. The hell with you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> that's what most people would do. Yeah, listen, Linda. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take your crane elsewhere. <laughs> Not doing it. Or, or expecting that you can meditate after the you know, first couple times. You don't get it the first time to hell with meditation. It wasn't meant for you. Well, I'm not saying I'm a master of meditation by any means, but I'm a little ways in now. And the typical meditation is losing track of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And then getting back on track again. Take it apart, put it back together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go on to his next, next group of things here. Career. We talked about that too. He's saying that uh, gratitude can give you better management, improved networking, better goal achievement, improved decision-making, and increased productivity. I guess we kind of talked about being grateful for uh, day-to-day stuff that may be the same or challenging, but just the general, the things your job gives you that you wouldn't have without it. Like Watching people meet their souls. That happens at work. Most people spend more time at work than they do with their family, in North America anyway. That means that most of your life is at work so do what you love or at the very least do something you like (laughs) i guess if you can i don't know if everybody can do that though i think you have to learn or decide to love your life so if your life is even say 50 percent at work and most people it's more than that most of their waking life like 75 percent is going to be either at work or going to work or thinking about work so maybe you can't change your job, but you could decide that you're going to make the best of it. I don't know. Well, we've all had, we've all been to McDonald's. Okay. People, but, people like to pretend that they don't go there, but we've all been there. Okay. So if you're in the drive-thru and you, pu- and you can hear, well, first of all, you get to the speaker, right? Mm-hmm. The microphone and, and they ask for your order. And you can tell right away if you're talking to a happy person, a bored person, whatever on the other end. That's okay. it. So no matter what, that person is going to be stuck in that cubicle because they're at work. Mm-hmm. So is there any percentage, like, is there any benefit to not being happy and grateful to be alive, even though you're McDonald's? I lasted three days at a because I genuinely do not care if people want cheese on things. <laughs> I it was awful at it. It was awful. And if I would have stayed there, I would have been a miserable person. But if I would have stayed there, it would have been because of fear of lack, not saying people cannot be happy. I know people that work at A&W and are extraordinarily happy at what they do. 
So it doesn't have to be big things. It doesn't have to be this grand job or if you're if you're content and you can find happiness at McDonald's, then that's the place for you. If you cannot find happiness at McDonald's, maybe look for something else. I think if you can, it, nobody decides maybe to to end up at McDonald's, but if you're there, you might as well make the best of it and do your best while you're there. And that'll give you the opportunity to go somewhere else. I agree. I ran a, I ran a, a till in a gas station on midnight shift for three years. So while this was happening, I wanted my days free because I was trying to get custody of my son from my ex-wife. And I specifically decided to stay on a midnight shift because that would give my days free so that I could go visit him. I could, you know, go for visitation. Mm -hmm. And also I could try for custody. I would be free for days at court, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, that job sucks. (laughs) Yes. There's no way around it. It's in the middle of the night. You know, you're cleaning, you have drunk people coming in because it was right beside a bar. There is no way that that job is anybody's dream job. But you know what? I managed to make the best of it, even though because even though, you know, my life wasn't perfect by any means at the time, but there was a lot of little skills to master there. First of all, I'd never run a till before. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of cleaning tasks that I had no idea how how to do to start with. There was stocking, there was inventory. Mm-hmm. you know, keeping track of money, <laughs> all these things. So I just dove into it and did it to the best of my ability, which is kind of using gratitude. Yes. I was able to go to Indonesia to receive my yoga teacher training by working at the bank. I'm not a bank type person. I can't really I'm see not- you at a bank. Terrible. <laughs> not linear whatsoever, but I have decent uh, customer service skills. But it was the same. I think... I can relate to your gas station because I learned a lot of things about life and and the job working at the bank. Like rich people know where their money is. Very valuable lesson in life. There's a case of of, uh, where your attention is. That's where your energy is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I guess. It was direct right in my face. I could not deny it once I seen it. So what that told me is not to be so afraid of paying attention to my finances. I didn't have to take it that far. But if you invest energy, mental energy into your finances and planning them and structuring them, you'll probably see better fruition than if you just wing it. That's a beautiful lesson I got from the bank. I don't remember where I read it, but um, being grateful for your bills. So in one book or another that I read, the person was saying that if you took, because you're going to pay your bills anyway. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. So instead of being afraid of your bills and hiding it, putting it off to the last minute, they were advising that you get your bills, you put them all in a stack, and then you pull one out, you open it up, you look at it, and you go, thank you for my having enough resources to pay this bill. Mm-hmm. And then you pay the bill. I did that with rent this month. I blessed it like that. I haven't I done start- that. I, I should try that. I'm starting to feel a little bit nervous. And I was just like, no, I love my house. I love my house. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and hopefully that good juju goes into the money, into my landlord's pocket, and the love just keeps flowing. And that's what spending that money meant, is I had a safe, warm, beautiful place for me and the boys. And, and it made it so much nicer to give it. You know, or I could have been like, oh, this is so much money. It's so expensive to live here. Why does it cost so much money to live in Rocky? You know, But instead, when I, when I handed it over, there was a sense of peace behind it. Grateful for the space. Well, because... Hanging on to the money and, and prolonging the agony of handing it over doesn't stretch it any farther. No. 
we still got to hand it over. Might as well do it with a good attitude, just like going to your job, maybe, that you don't like. If you can look at what you're getting, yeah, or what it's providing you. I I have to work on that a little bit. But I do know that on bill day, because I'll sit sit down and and there's something I'm really grateful for. I can pay all my bills with my phone. Mm -hmm. I am really grateful for that. That is that is an amazing thing to me because I can be not even at home. I can be miles and miles from my house. I can wake up at four in the morning and pay my bills. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculously good. Especially for someone who's worked away their most of yeah. their career and have to get to a bank. Is there a, you know, a bank like this in this town? <laughs> I have to be there by four. You're not usually out of the bush by seven. Yeah. So it's probably brought a lot of ease to your life. And then... If I put it off for a couple of days and I start feeling nervous about it and it's and it's a pain in the back of my mind, but then I sit down and actually do the, we're talking five minutes to pay all the bills now. Okay. There's no lineup, nothing. If you're clinging to that money, you're pushing the money that's supposed to come to you away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're, you have to pay the bills anyway. That's right. Saving it for three more days before you pay the bills is not doing any good. It's just, it's a fall. It's an illusion of having money extra money you're like padding your illusion up (laughs) it is and then that and then putting the fear of lack into it yeah i have this money meditation that i like to do where i visualize myself in like a closet bathtub and like hundred dollar bills following all over me and then you just you just feel it tickle your skin and yeah that's awesome that it overflows the bathtub and the hundred dollar bills go all over the floor and not that $100 bills would make me happy, but I I will, I want to receive it. It would be really nice, though. It would, yeah. It would be, I could help a lot of people. The universe wants me to be wealthy so I can share the wealth. But I am very grateful for what I have. We haven't talked about health at all, what gratitude does for your health. Everything. There's a lot of, th- okay, so there's the things gratitude could do for your health. But what does living in fear and being upset and worry do for your health <laughs> well on a biological level just well we know that just alone being worried will increase your stress hormones stress kills you'll die you won't be able to sleep no you'll, you'll probably get colds jaw, more often get headaches the adrenals are rapid firing on your kidneys you'll get a kidney infection probably be too worried to exercise so you'll just get sad and eat chocolate You'll gain weight. Your joints will suffer. <laughs> this doom. <laughs> but then, if you're grateful, you know you'd probably be sick less often. I have, uh, yeah. If you're grateful, if you're grateful, it allows for pleasure in just this experience. Grateful for whatever it is that you have in this moment, whatever you've been blessed with. It'll vibrate through your body. It'll soften it. You'll attract abundance. But it has to be genuine. Genuine genuine gratitude it's hard to find if you're packing around anger i guess and stress you'll probably live longer oh yeah because with all those stress hormones and stuff running around you won't age as fast but the thing is if you're not grateful you don't want to live longer why would you want to prolong the agony i know some people that love to suffer i guess i would rather have a short rich life than a long life any day any day I want the richest experience I can get over longevity. And and the richest, the richness from my experience has been found in the simplest of pleasures. I don't know if you know much about Alan Watts, but yeah. he's my hero. 
Is he? Well, you bring this guy up. is amazing. Like his thinking is so deep that it's unbelievable. Well, he was originally Christian pastor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he moved into Buddhism. So, and we're talking, he was born in uh, 1915 and lived to 1973. So he only lived 58 years. Yeah. So his lectures, I listen to them all the time on YouTube. They're, you can get them for free all over the place. But I bought some of the books, the, uh, the audio books. Mm-hmm. Um, considering he only made, he, well, you know, I'm saying he only made it to 58. He was already a genius when he was in, you know, in his 40s. And his opinion was that he was, he was almost, it sounded like he was looking forward to death because that would be the moment when he would really see what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, ready. The only thing is he smoked like a lot, I believe. And he didn't worry about pro, you know, doing anything to pro- he was more into pleasure than into prolonging life. So if it came to what he was going to eat or what he, you know, whether he was going to smoke his pipe or whatever, he was not worried about that at all. But uh I think that's the genius part of it cuz what says you have to be healthy and have a long life. Maybe he liked to smoke and well, that's what he liked to do, and that's fine. Yeah. I see it a little different because I see life a bit as a game. And most of the games I play, you try to play as long as possible. Like, say we were talking about Tetris. Yeah, you level know, up, playing. level up. <laughs> yeah, I try to get as far as I can get. That's right. So to me, you know, longevity is like Tetris. I'm down for the long haul. but I'd like to see 100 years old or more, just for curiosity's sake. But I'm ready to go now. I don't know if I'm ready to go now, but what I am grateful about now is that I'm in better physical shape at 50 than I was when I was 30. Way better. And I'm really grateful for the chance to make that happen. Because I was, you know, I was in a downward spiral at 30. Mm. And now I'm in an upward spiral, which is against all odds, right? Not typical. Well, I mean, it's never too late to change. I think that's the thing, too. We, people think of aging... I don't think people would age if they didn't think of aging. Do you, does that make sense? Kind of. I think people are totally mistaken about what aging is. Yeah. Most people think that aging is like wearing out a tool. So they think yeah. their body is a tool and we're wearing it out. Just like, you know, your, your, let's say your window scraper for your vehicle. I've had the same one for three years and it's wearing out because it's a cheap piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. But that's nothing like the human body. The human oh. body rebuilds itself if yeah. it's given a chance. A scraper, it's made out of plastic and that's it. It's done and then you scrape it so many times and then it falls apart and it gets a chipped edge. The brush wears off on the end like, and then you accidentally step on it one day and that's it. It's nothing like the human body. <laughs> Find gratitude there. You're driving around in something <laughs> bloody material. Like It's a mir- miracle. The way your body functions and the way your cells accumulated, develop, you're a miracle. To be in a body... Is a, uh, but it feels to me like what aging, what aging kind of is for most people, actually, there's that word again, is that... Uh, it's going to be everywhere. It is. <laughs> it's actually a problem. Me. <laughs> 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 so your body cumulatively gains not only what you put into it, but what's around it. So we might be talking about radiation or what food you eat. So say, for instance, you eat microwave popcorn every day or mm-hmm. every other day. 
you are cumulatively adding whatever's in that popcorn to your body. Or say you go out in the sun and you get radiation. Or, you you know, there's, there's more than one thing that you can do to yourself that just slowly adds up. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it. And you can't really avoid all of that. I think what you believe to be true is about your body as well. Like there's a yeah. mental aspect. Because I think if you are sitting there guiltily eating your popcorn, it will have a different effect on your body than if you're eating it with pleasure and gratitude. That's true. And then, of course, there's whether or not you exercise. That's pretty big. And how you exercise. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that uh, they're basically into marathons and jogging. Mm-hmm. And so they will go out and pound the crap out of their body for two hours or an hour every day. And that's not, uh, that's not going to help your longevity. No, it'll condense your bones. And, you know, brittle, brittle. Gentle stretching, however. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it, it depends on what your goals are. Like maybe they're just super grateful to be able to win these marathons and, and they do get a little bit of a runner's high. That's right. And maybe that's what they, maybe that's what they need. Maybe living longer isn't what they're after, really. No, they might think they are, but are they really? Well, just the belief that running will make me live longer if they hold on to that as truth will. Like the mind's that powerful. Yeah. Personally, I'd want to get some flexibility into the hips. I've seen some runners in some pretty rough rough spaces in their hip joints, knees, and ankles up into the shoulder. So. Personally, I see the benefit in creating, for me, yoga is about releasing the pressure of gravity from the skeletal system and to let, releasing that, the pressure of gravity, releasing the nervous system to allow the body to function a little bit better. So if you combine that with anything, I think you're a superhero. You know, we talked all around it, but we haven't really covered the, the only thing left is spirituality. Like where does gratitude figure into the spirituality? And I think one of the biggest things is less self-centered, less self-centered. Yeah. And if you're putting up a feeling of, because what is like spirituality perhaps could be defined as the spirit you personally are cultivating and bringing to the planet. So what vibration, what spirit are you bringing through your thoughts, through your body to this planet? And if you are bringing thoughts of gratitude and you're allowing the feeling of gratitude to move through you, that vibration of being here will, will move through you and it'll affect everything around you. I guess too, if you're if you're going to be more grateful, then you're going to be more optimistic. Mm-hmm. Hope keeps hope alive. Hope by itself, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I guess what people commonly call hope sometimes is actually fear. Mm, words are small. Well, if you're really afraid that something isn't true, then you could turn that around and call it hope. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, I think people, sometimes people hope from a place of desperation. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, desperation. But I think that hope, I hope for a better world for humanity, not from a space of deprivation, but from a space of being at presence and peaceful, doing my part in it. So that's something that in this, uh, in this 90 Days of Gratitude book, I don't know if they covered it or not. I'm going to have to get a copy of this book, period. <laughs> but anyway... It. Where does gratitude figure into what is going on with the environment right now? Like right now, people are very ungrateful for what they do have when they think about the environment. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're totally looking at the negative. And yes, there is some, some things going on that are not good. I'm not saying that 
there's nothing wrong right now. But while they're looking at what is wrong, they're not looking at what is good. Yeah, because it's micro and macro. Most people are not looking at what is good in their lives. If you reduce that to the person finding gratitude in their own life collectively, it'll expand. That's that's one thing I'm hoping, hoping that I can work on more is to get more people outside and enjoying and being grateful for what is still there now mm-hmm. in the hopes that more of them would be worried about what they can do to make sure that we keep that. Absolutely. Facilitate the connection to earth. Because once I you're think, connected, you can't help but be grateful. That's right. You know, a lot of the stuff I put on Instagram is pictures of the nature. Mm-hmm. And that really, people really want to see that. And I wonder how many of them actually ever get to go out in it like I get to go out in it. There's another thing to be grateful for. Like when they're looking at these pictures, are they ever able to go climb a mountain or be totally surrounded by trees for miles in every direction? I know people who have never even touched the earth that have been bound to a wheelchair for so long, they don't know what it is to lie on the earth. And for me, like bliss, bliss is that squishy moss you know the squishy moss it's like Mm -hmm. 12 inches thick you just lay on that oh you know one feeling that i can never forget and the first time i i remember feeling it i was three is cool dirt under a bare foot like just loose dirt i know it's artificial but i like like golf green grass oh yeah oh i always take my feet off because i got sand (laughs) (laughs) my shoes not my feet i take my shoes off are the yeah but you have to be able to be vulnerable to go in the forest. You are vulnerable in the forest. And it's it's not it's nothing to play around with. That's true. I have a really nice picture of a black bear that I saw a couple of weeks ago. Up close and personal? Or? <laughs> well, sort of. I, I stopped my truck and I took the picture while I was parked. Oh, you weren't hiking? No. No. That's a nicer he was He was scared bear. of me, though. Oh. Uh, there's something to be able to live off the land out there, too. To be able to forage, it brings you back to this primal space of true attitude. Because, I mean, if you're out there and you don't really have much to eat and you come across a berry patch, you eat those berries, you're no different than the bears. We've become so accustomed to fridges full of food, or that fridges full of food are the standard norm, where as primitive beings, we would hunt and gather. And if we came across a berry bush, we would eat the berries at the bush, brings them back to the village. Yeah, the... The unbelievable amount of food in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Like tonight, on my way back from work, I decided to stop and quickly get something to go with my vegetables for supper. Mm-hmm. I walked in there and there's multiple choices upon choices upon choices. So many oh, that you don't know what to do. That's right. So where where's the fun in that? Your hunter's brain, you know? Where's the fun in that? But it is something to be grateful for. Absolutely. And, you know, in Indonesia, I really appreciated the effort that went into them thanking Mother Earth for their crop. Every field has a temple in it. To know what the, the true meaning of sustenance is that they're, you know. And they eat different parts. They eat parts that in the West we would consider unfavorable. And, I mean, we've gotten so spoiled to the point where you go to Costco and you can get a whole box of chicken breast. When most places, and you know, um, smaller, less less fortunate countries or I don't even I'm not even gonna say less fortunate because they've got fresh food year round so they're pretty fortunate um you know you'll get the chicken with the head on it and you eat all of it for one because you've taken its life so you honor it by eating it all and uh and yeah like in Costco all the chicken breasts look the same it's so weird 
where did we get so comfortable? Every once in a while, and I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not a North American person that doesn't eat chicken wings, for instance. Mm-hmm. Say you go out for chicken wings mm-hmm. and you order a pound of them. Mm-hmm. How many chickens worth is that? And where did the rest of the chicken go? I've wondered this <laughs> and asked other people, you know, how many chickens did we just kill here? And nobody else wants to think about it. But are they, I bought a bag of imperfect fruit imperfect frozen fruit mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cheaper because they weren't perfect <laughs> that sounds what, ridiculous what the hell like <laughs> i really just wanted it's more what the fuck you know like uh. <laughs> so we expect our berries to be dispersed. that's we expect there's the expectations how can you have gratitude for food when in our culture we've designed it to we will reject non-perfect berries. It's just going in my damn smoothie. That's true. Or yeah, blows my mind. Instead of, hey, berries. <laughs> I like blueberries, but I'm quite often really annoyed with the packaged blueberries mm-hmm. because they're too big That's right. and too perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go pick them they're in all the wild, sizes, yeah. they're not like that. And they have more flavor per, but they're smaller. It's almost like they expanded them and made them fla- less flavorful. That's right, because they weigh more. And charge but they're more. perfect now. They're perfect. You know, say with, you know, we are looking for perfect bodies, perfect houses, perfect relationships, perfect, perfect, perfect. It's, it's shit, really. The perfect yoga pose, the perfect... And because it's an expectation of box gratitude, because we expect perfection, just like that scientist developing something to make art perfect. All the goddamn horses are going to look the same because when we see <laughs> horse, you know, like there's well, going to be no. Like I said, those two guys, and that that podcast is called "Stuff to Blow Your Mind." Oh, okay. And they're really thoughtful guys, and they pointed out that it wouldn't that it's not possible to do that. They don't think. No. So, but people. But the expectation to, is. Look at filters on your bloody Facebooks. Yeah, that's true. I, Skin I, smoothers. That you know, of all the things, for the longest time, I couldn't figure out why people in Instagram looked weird. It's because they're smoothing their faces. Yeah, because God forbid you have a pimple and or a wrinkle, like dating. Good luck. And then that creates because that's what you want to project to people is that your complexion is perfect and flawless and your phone does your makeup. Like then you got to go out in the world. People are expecting you to look like your Snapchat filter. It's delusional. Yeah. That's not being grateful for your own body. No. And I wanted to start a campaign hashtag no filter because I don't like to, I don't filter my pictures because I think I could get lost in it. A person could get lost in changing. This is what I want to look like. I'll be happy when I look like this. Well, hopefully you still got eyes so you can see. I'm like, oh, my. So how can you have gratitude for your body if you're using filters? And if you can't have gratitude for your body, how can you have gratitude for your existence? Even your face isn't good enough for you. I think, I think we need to change the statement. So the original statement, people are mistaken about it, but they think money is the root of all the old. Yeah. But it's actually the love of money is the root of all the evil. I want to change it to expectations of the root of all evil. I I could agree. It's the definitely the root of depression and the root of anxiety. That's what causes anxiety when things don't work out the way we want them to. 
and I'm saying this is like the most neuro, neuro, neurological, <laughs> neurotic, the most neurotic person on the planet. It was all due to false expectations. My childhood should have been this. My education should have been that. My marriages should have been this. My relationship with my parents, my, you know, all expectations. And because life didn't meet them, I allowed myself to carry, carry it around, which blocked me in more ways than I could ever imagine. I mean, you let it go in layers, but mm -hmm. I can see that in myself. Even like at the danger of having expectations for your children. Your children, oh, you, you know, you brought them life and that's pretty much it. That is a slippery slope, expectations for your children, because that even sneaks up on you when you don't think you have it. <laughs> You know, it comes down to, you know, now my daughter's out on her own doing whatever she wants to do. And she, we've raised her to be very independent and to do what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's sending us pictures. What do you think of these glasses? What do you think of these glasses? And we're both like, those are horrible. <laughs> so, you know, she likes these specific gold frame glasses that she wants, you know, and they're a little <laughs> bigger than we both, you know, would pick. And, and it's down to, what glasses she chooses, you know, like we're not, we don't tell her what to do or we try not to, but how could it matter to us so much? What kind of glasses she picks? Why? Yeah. <laughs> of all things. <laughs> okay. Our expectations are that she's going to pick the same kind of things that we pick. That's ridiculous. And where's the authenticity in that for her? And, and now that she's cut her hair and everything else got these new glasses, I have to say it looks pretty darn good. Yeah, you probably didn't even see it coming. She had a no. vision no one else could see. Welcome to my life, Bethany. <laughs> I think it's scary because now she looks like a woman. Well, that's why you had her. Well, yeah, but along the way, you don't want to let go of the, of the beginning part. It feels scary. I hear you. I hear you. But we never, ever had them. That was no. an expectation. Yeah, we have expectations of them, but... I don't know where those come from exactly. I think it's programming again. It is. They're not even our expectations. No. Because, I mean, really, what? <laughs> you have a lot of editing with my stuttering tonight. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> you expect your children to be happy. They might not be. No. That's not in our control. No. Or you expect your children to hang out with you. Maybe they don't like you. Well, if you're needy, they won't. If you're needy, they won't. <laughs> exactly. You see? <laughs> and that's the hard. Yeah. Because we're all on this journey. And even the, I mean, gratitude for family, gratitude for root, but also gratitude for the ability to create the life you want as an individual beyond your family, beyond your create the life you want. Without expectations or letting go of expectations, then you have an adventure. That's right. And that's what it is. If you if you need it to be a certain way, then you've chopped the adventure off at the feet. And you are going to try, yeah. You will try to control everything to the point of exhaustion. Where if you can just have gratitude for being here. Because we don't even know what this experience is. For sure. We don't well, I'm grateful know for how long we've been talking, but this is yeah. <laughs> too long. We're probably getting to, we've been going for a long time. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> That's right. And we'll what was that you. email address again? 
meandering through madness at gmail.com. We would be super grateful for any emails that come our way. And we will remember to check it. That's right. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who listened. Yeah. Good night or good day. Or good afternoon.